Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Harbor Site, number 17. And I get to do this one with the wife. Hey. Welcome, welcome to this side of the table. Hey, babe. How you doing? Good. I'm going to interview you, though. Uh, what? This is actually an intervention. I'm here to interview you. What, what's the intervention? Less gym time? <laughs> I just want to interrupt your day. <laughs> Or a date. <laughs> You're just like, I need I need time with you, so we're just gonna <laughs> record it. We're ske- I'm scheduling a podcast. We're gonna talk about important things. Mm-hmm. So, what is it that you want to talk about? I think the biggest thing. If we're, I think it's good we jump right into it. Really, honestly, uh, rather I, than talk. I about guess it. that's kind of like a facade because I already know what you kind of want to talk about. I want to talk about feelings. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. I want to talk about feelings and their role that they play in our lives. Fuck me, feelings, right? <laughs> That's what you always used to say to me. I thought it was the greatest. <laughs> Nick used to say that he had a cold little heart and that he he just was like, didn't have a lot of emotions, but he did. Like, he would say, fuck me, feelings, right? Whenever I'd get to his little gushy insides. I mean, I I still feel like I, I have a cold little heart sometimes. Absolutely not. Like you have the warmest heart of anyone I've ever met. But I don't get emotional. False. Okay. (laughs) Your emotions aren't out of hand and you don't make decisions based off your emotions. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. And then like death doesn't bother me. I don't get emotional about death. I think there's like people who probably are a little desensitized to it. People? Some some people might be. What do you mean by people? <laughs> some of you people might be. <laughs> That's horrible. You know, um, it's not it's not even really your fault though. I mean, you're a little desensitized to losing people and and especially early and suddenly and loss it loss is, is heavy regardless. I was talking about that with a client yesterday, like um talking about dads and we we're talking about basically whether you have a shit dad or a bad dad, it's still your you know, our good dad, it's still your dad. And, uh, when they pass, it's still heavy regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, um, it's like, it's like, you know, if you do have a shit dad, it's like losing like an ex or whatever. Yeah. They actually die. It's still fucking like, Oh shit. That was a huge part of sucks. my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I was like, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't get emotional when somebody's like 90 Like my grandmother. No, I mean, passed. she had lived a great life. I'm not going to say, I, I wouldn't say to people that you don't get emotional about people dying. I just think that you are a little desensitized to it, so you don't let it impede progress of your life. Not shutting down. Yeah. I mean, some people, like, legitimately stop. Yeah. And don't ever recover. I had, like, an ex-mother-in-law who legitimately never functioned fully after her husband died. Like, just stopped functioning. Became almost a vegetable, but I mean, one of the things that I talk about, tell people about that is, especially you know, when you lose somebody that's say in the military or a law enforcement officer or buddy or car, anything, anything before their time, before you know, old age. You know, I I like to think, um, what would that person want you to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, what would their if they like popped back their spirit, you know, came back as Casper and was like, hey, what would their advice be? What would they want you to do? And I mean, I think the majority, no one's, no one's going to be like, I want you to be depressed and lay sad. on the couch and lay on the couch anything. for and do nothing. Like if I died and, and you were doing that, I'd come back and haunt you and be like, 
what the hell are you like? I can't even. This can't. is what I taught you: laziness and laying around all day. This is what this is how you're gonna remember me by. Uh, <laughs> obviously, initially there'd be some huge like just chunk of you is gone. You have to grieve, but you know, moving to the next stage of life, you, you want to grieve it a day. You'd be like, you move somebody else in like, Oh my God, day. you're a horrible person. <laughs> I'd be a basket case. I know. I know. I would have to haunt you and be like, but uh, so I'm get telling your you right shit now, together, Capra. Yeah. I would say that. Get your shit together, Capra. Like go, go you got to, you got kids, you have mouths to feed. I go struggled honestly happen. losing my grandmother. You know what I mean? Like she died early. She was 67 when she passed away. Your ex-husband took you for a loop. Uh, my point is, people that like had lived life, had, she had a great life. Yeah. I got stuck for about two years. Seriously? I just was so devastated. Okay, and what would she have said? Right. She'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? She was a freaking boss. I just didn't. I don't deal with loss so well. Mm. well so noted. Yeah. This podcast on this date, if I die, you have to keep working hard get out of bed we were kind of talking about it the other night though too just because like we went on that long motorcycle trip with indian motorcycles which That's matt right. and bonnie that, oh my god that was amazing thank was you fun. so much yeah we did that that was super fucking dangerous like riding motorcycles you didn't know you didn't realize oh my god so we have not ridden a motorcycle together since before when i was before i was pregnant right. it's been at least two years i shut i shut that he was like no we're done. no more motorcycles for a while so we hadn't ridden in a long time. And pre having a kid riding a motorcycle, I was like, Woo, yeah, fucking all right. Fucking I live on a motorcycle. And then after getting pregnant and having a kid, all of a sudden I was like, Holy fuck, this is dangerous. I could feel <laughs> I could feel your anxiety behind me. I used to ride on the back of motorcycles like Hi, enjoying the shit out of life, like totally like living, whatever. Never even thought about it. Never even bad an eyelash. And then now that I am a mom, I was just like, this is extremely dangerous and I have to come home to my kid. <laughs> she told me when we got back, you said, what'd you say? You were like, if you wanted to do that again, I would have to say no. Yeah. I don't think I could do it again just because of how dangerous riding cross country that, is. It's not that dangerous. I mean, it's. It's dangerous, but it's not like you're like, it's not Mad Max. No, but like the way we were riding through storms and stuff was pretty dangerous. If it wasn't a production, we wouldn't have done that. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot, but. If we didn't have a timeline. We would have. So if you're on your own, you just, or even if you get uncomfortable, you just pull over like under an underpass and just wait it out and, you know, and just hang right. out. Right, we didn't do place. that. We just kept riding. Yeah. What was the scariest moment on that trip? Definitely the bridge. From really? When we were coming out of St. Augustine, driving through that fucking bridge. That wasn't gnarly because I wasn't going. I was only going about 30. So even if we laid it down at 30, it would have been did. Have it, been was, right. it was when we were, they were filming us going across it and they had the top we Saint, and we were in Saint 50 Peter. mile an hour wind gusts. Yeah, it was St. Petersburg Bridge for those of you listening. Um, it, it, that bridge sways already. It's built to sway. And then and they, were, we they had, had a, tornado a follow watch. car. There's a tornado watch. It was rainstorm and there was 50, 50 mile an hour gusts. Yeah. Blowing us across the bridge. Yeah. And there's a vehicle filming us with the piece, somebody hanging out of the back with the trunk hitch open and then someone filming out of the side. And we're like just shifting around the bikes, like 
we'll take lead, then we'll scoot back, let someone else take lead, just so they can get wish, different shots of us and, each riding together. And then uh, Matt, as, as I passed him, he gave me that look, which we should show up, we should throw that, up on the video. That photo? The photo, <laughs> and like that look said everything about that situation. Is that, I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah, that wasn't actually, that wasn't really scary to me. I mean, it was like, it was kind of gnarly, but I wasn't, like, like I said, even if we had something happen and we laid it down uh, or going over that bridge, it, you know, it would have been controlled. And it wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah. The most scariest part for me was that asshole. We were doing 85. And he just came right over. He just, like, he had he had no reason to, and, and Billy said it best. He's like, your minor inconvenience, your minorly inconvenience, what you did could have killed us. We would have been dead and you would yeah, have been, been like, been fuck dead. off. Yeah. So anyways, it just made me think a lot about, okay, we're going on this long bike trip. Yeah. It's a little bit dangerous. I have a kid at home that's a year and a half. You know, He's really excited about us. It just made me think a, like, a lot about, okay, what am I going to do if something did happen? Where is he going to go? Right. What's, which we've assigned people to be his like yeah. caregivers if we die. But still just like the whole thing. I'm like, I want him to know all these things, you know, all this stuff. And so it got me thinking and I, and I was thinking about how, you know, becoming a parent teaches you so much about not only yourself, but about life mm -hmm. and just like what it takes to build a life you want and how much work it is. Like that was apparent. I always have known how hard life is and been like, fuck, I don't know if it's worth it or not to put in as much energy as it takes to get where you want to go. You, you have a lot more to lose. When suddenly when you have a kid, yeah. you have all this to lose. Yeah. And it's worth every second. Yeah. Because they're there right. and they're in it. And so it's like, even when I raised kids before, I didn't fully grasp how much, how important, how yeah. much and how important. Like, it's different it when, would you be worth it. when you squeeze them out yourself. I mean, I still love those kids of the course. same, but there's, it, a, there's a difference. There's just a difference in the sake of like, I'm what he's got. I'm that's all it. he's got. That's I'm it. responsible for yeah. that. Yeah. So, anyways, that being said, it just made you, makes you kind of go, okay, so what things in life do matter? What do I really want out of life? Mm -hmm. And how much do my feelings matter? Unfortunately, what, what people think, not as much as they think. Because if you sat down and you separated those three things and you said, okay, what do I want out of life before I die? Mm -hmm. What is it going to take to get that out of life, you know, before I die? And then two, how do I feel? <laughs> well, those two things, what you want out of life before you die and how you're going to do them might change. That stuff might change some. Mm -hmm. But, like, your feelings are going to change every fucking second. Like, your feelings are going to change from week to week. With a change in a fluctuation of your hormones, your feelings are going to change. Mm -hmm. Cold breeze, your feelings are going to change. Fucking raining and gloomy oh, if outside. If there's a cold breeze, my feelings are definitely <laughs> changing. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, your feelings are completely conditional. Yeah. And people based so, so much of their life, their decisions, you know, big long-term choices, everything surrounding. How they feel. How they feel when it literally could be like, so all somebody has to do to fuck your life up is like shut you in a room and turn the lights off and not let you listen to music. Like 
you'd be fucking like, this fucking sucks. Right? Not me. I mean, you know. I'd be like, sweet. If they're like, this is prison, Nick, you can't leave. You know what I mean? Like, it would suck, right? So, like, your feelings are going to change if it's a gloomy day outside. Mm -hmm. You will feel naturally like a little down. Mm -hmm. If it's a beautiful day, do you feel down? Mm -hmm. You could have a lot of shitty things going on and go outside and be like, God, I actually feel better. Right? Well, there's an actual, like, scientific reason for that. Right? Just lay that out. I mean, it's it's vitamin D and you know getting dopamine responses and I mean, there's a reason why like in um, um, Greenland is like the I think like, I mean I'm sure the fact checkers will correct me on this, but one of the number one suicide countries in the world um, per capita anyway. They have a lot of suicides. Yeah. In, in Greenland. Because it's dark all the time. All the time. Look at look at uh, Seattle. It's just gloomy all the time. Like the depression rates in in Washington are so much higher than everywhere else. I mean, I can honestly say that about myself. I'm I didn't even understand really what seasonal depression was, especially growing up. My parents like didn't really believe in that. Kind but of everybody stuff. in South Florida is like, <laughs> right, happy. I didn't really fully grasp it. I just thought like, God, when it's winter, it just sucks here. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted to do is go out to eat and drink alcohol. That's what you do, and that's what everybody does in yeah. Kansas City. And why is that? Because it's cold, it's dark, it's dreary for like six months. Yeah. So people are just trying to find pleasure in whatever ways they can. And there's not like that culture of outdoor activities, living and like going on hikes, having fresh air. Like there's not the same stuff like maybe in the Pacific Northwest and stuff where it's colder and gloomier. They have like these beautiful things to hike still. Missouri is like, (laughs) Kansas City, Missouri is like... Pretty city. There's like maybe some filthy lakes you can get into. If you want to drive four hours, you can hit the Ozarks. It's kind of cool. But you got the Chiefs. Yeah, we do have the Chiefs. But it's like there's not there's not a lot to do outdoors in the, in the cold months. You yeah. just really can't. There's no mountains to ski. There's no nothing to snowboard. You know. So you eat. Everybody just eats, and everybody's eat it's barbecue. The top five most overweight cities in the in the country. Why you're not allowed to go back? Because <laughs> you, uh, you can't get fat. <laughs> I'll break your jaw. No. Um, so, anyways, feelings. So that can, wasn't conducive to me getting like all the things I wanted out of life. Mm-hmm. I started to kind of realize it as I went through my divorces, and like every winter would roll around, and I would just be like stuck, like stuck. I remember drinking lots of alcohol and just just miserable. And it really took me getting to a warmer climate and being outside a lot more. And then I realized I remember, I, remember, I wasn't I remember, just a depressed person. Like, I, mean, I was dealing with seasonal a, stuff. Well, and there was also a lot of life stuff. But I remember the time it was like, I remember when it was like, hey, you, it's time for you to leave. Yeah. It's time for, it's time for us to m- move this situation forward. <laughs> Nick was like, you have to move here. Yeah. and you, But you know what? You got here and you were like, I love it. I did love it. I do love it. I love it. Because your first couple of places that you lived were right on the beach. Yep. Yeah. And I do. And it made big, a huge difference. It was a big change. Okay. So th- that's my point. How the weather, the climate, the lighting and the sky, all the things that affect your senses affect your emotions and your feelings, right? So mm-hmm. your feelings of like tepid, cold, hot, whatever, constantly, constantly, constantly change. So 
if you're basing your decision off of emotions or off of feelings, instead of using your feelings as just like indicators, okay? So like I feel down. Why do I feel down? What's going on with me? I need to bring awareness to this issue. This feeling. I hate all of it, but keep going. This feeling that came up is something I just need to figure out why I feel this way about something and then deal with it, right? God, but the whole, I, I don't really dig the whole introspective thing. Well, what's your solution then to processing your emotions? Action. Action alleviates anxiety. It alleviates stress. It alleviates everything. Okay. So you can forge forward. I think that's probably works for a lot of people too. And and even just processing it in the sense that like, I feel well, fear. I don't care why I feel the fear, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Well, that's not really, fear is a good thing in some levels, but that's not, that's not what I'm necessarily talking about. I'm talking about action alleviates. So like, like, like you said in your book, um, How to Be a Miserable Cow. Like if you're waking up and you're taking your emotional temperature, like how do I feel today? Do I want to get out of bed? You know, like that's a problem. Regardless of how you feel, you get the fuck out of the bed. Right. And then, you know, if you're going to do the whole make your bed thing, you make your bed, that's a win for the day. Right. I don't think you have to make your bed. I don't ever make the bed. Yeah, I make the bed every day. Yeah, I don't want to make the bed. I'm still successful. Here I go. tell myself every day, he probably appreciates so much that I make the bed every day. Totally. Totally care about the bread being made. Um, it's just one of those myths. Like I get the pro- the the thought of making the bed, but the point of it is, is you stack wins and you and you do and you do action. And there's so many people, especially a younger generation, that are like you said, they're basing their decisions based off how they feel and and and, and vice. Um, being more action oriented, you know. Um, execution oriented and then that's that's where true change comes from it's actually ironic we were talking about uh after today's team workout so um for those you don't know every friday we do a team team little grinder session and it's not always crazy not every nobody dies usually and nobody pukes usually there's Um, a lot of puking no there's nobody's ever puked that's not true who puked lots of people have puked false continue the fact check that (laughs) the fact checkers on that um anyways so but then we do a little leadership lesson at the end and talk about a you know a a, you know a concept that can benefit them and it has never a lot of time it has nothing to do with work or this work it's just you know investing in in our people team building yeah to where they become you know we want everyone to grow here and eventually people grow away away and and you should any leader should want that you shouldn't want to like take people and like hold them hostage for your their entire life um, you should see them to, you know, grow to their past their potential. So if they grow past our company, then they got to go, Yeah, you know, or unless they grow in the company, but at some point they, you know, most people have to grow past it. But anyways, um, I was talking about that whole concept of like, I guess this is a kind of a hot topic, but like the thought process of America's one of our catchphrases is the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And if you're just constantly chasing happiness, you know, that's that whole pleasure versus purpose thing. Never satiated. Never satiated, right? So, like, you got to think there's an entire country over the past couple hundred years that have, have been chasing happiness. Vice, we have, you know, our, I don't want to say our political enemies, maybe, um, who's, like, like look at Russia. What is their, what's what's their basis? Are they, are they tr- the pursuit of happiness? No. It's what benefits the state. When I was talking, I asked everybody today and after the training, I said, what is Russia's kind of catch line? It's like, what benefits the state? 
So you have almost an entire country of people that are just like, what is good for the greater good, the greater good for mother Russia. That's a very different thing than a bunch of individuals going, I just want to be happy. Right. Nothing wrong with being happy. But like, if you take, if I take a, a, a normal guy and I say, I just want you to be happy. What typically what happens is without any sort of direction or execution, it's drugs, alcohol, women. One, one or one of, or both or all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe some, some, you know, money things thrown in there. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that is a black sinkhole of grossness. Like you will never be satiated. You will always, it's like a drug. It wears off. So you feel good. Something makes you happy. You feel good. And I'm not, I'm saying externally from drugs, alcohol, women, but you feel good and then it goes away. Right. Because it's just, it's, you're just chasing happiness. Insatiable. It's like and, sugar. Yeah, exactly. It wears off and then you're like, fuck, I need more. Yeah. I need to fill that hole again. But you got people, the other people in the world that are chasing purpose. And if their country is built on purpose. Or meaning. Like look at, look at Israel. You know, that is a, from a culture, from birth. From the time you're born, that entire culture is, is on purpose. Well, and they're not and you know, searching and you know, for... That's in your family, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. My grandfather is Israeli. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just about like maybe having purpose, but also meaning. And like if you're thinking about like, okay, I, I read this thing the other day. It was It said, you know, if us as a culture are in the pursuit always of happiness and we're just trying to find the next thing that will make us feel good. We'll constantly be like, you know, just putting the, the, I mean, look at our entire culture is built upon excess. Mm-hmm. We're the only nation in the world that is of excess as us more than us. There's no one that has more access than we do as a whole. We just look at the, like our houses and the way we live. Right. You know, and yet cars, we're houses, the yeah. most depressed. We have the most people right. on pain pills. We well, have the most me, people but. addicted to pain medication, yeah. Xanax, antidepressants, all right. those things. So, it isn't stuff, right? Happiness isn't in stuff. We can agree upon that. So then we have everybody looking for all these other methods, like you said, coping mechanisms, things to find. Well, like in, for instance, in countries like Israel, where their pursuit is meaning. Mm-hmm. And for them, meaning, it, it could be a lot of different things. A lot of them, it has to do with the religion. But I would say that is probably more of like between, you know, the like people who are extremely religious and the people who are like, straight up they they call themselves like heathen jews or whatever they're not religious doesn't but matter in the, culture they're still culture they're they're still grounded in that it's it's about their community it's about them as a whole people it's about furthering it's their, not about themselves right and it's about meaning finding so, meaning so that's my that's that's a good point you, you feel depressed and you feel sad go help somebody else right how are you serving others yeah so 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 take yourself out of it and then just go help somebody else out. Truly. Like not for gain or anything, just go help somebody in need. Give give somebody the opportunity to succeed. And with whatever you have, maybe it's like lending a hand physically, yeah. maybe it's, you know, donating something to someone directly, but just go help somebody out. It will completely change the way you feel in that moment. And if if you're like, let's stop worrying say, about yourself, right? If your, you know, life is devoted to meaning, finding meaning, and you know, 
having a meaningful life, how much more are you willing to endure for that than you are for happiness? If you're just trying to endure something so that you feel the emotion of happiness. The work goes way up because it's worth versus it. Versus what are you willing to put in the work for for something meaningful? A, example, like you're going to have a child. How, you want a child. How much do you have to endure to like bring that child into Some existence? Some people more than others. Some people more than others. But even, even so, you're talking about nine months of you know, getting through the pregnancy and then actually, you know, childbirth in and of itself and how much that's like the most excruciating pain you can endure, you're willing to do it and get through it. Why? Because it's the most meaningful thing that you can do is create life, right? Thank God for you women because you're willing to do it more than once. I, it's a chemical thing, man. I don't know. I, I can't. You didn't have an easy birth and then <laughs> immediately it was like, I think I can do this again. I was like, you're freaking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like literally when they pulled them out, I'm like, we have to have more immediately. It's a, it's a, a brain thing. I don't understand it either. I love it. But it's, but it's totally living a life based off of something and finding meaning in your life. So I would just say like in encouraging people to stop thinking about how they can be happy all the time. I'll say it, your feelings don't matter. I mean, it's not that your feelings don't matter, but your feelings matter. ultimately are not. Are you going to let them be the deciding factor in the direction of your life? You're going to let feelings that can change when the wind blows give you the oomph to continue something. Not me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what do you want? That's what really you have to sit down and go, what I do think you want? That's where the, I think that's where the, a lot of the problems come into. The, they want to feel good. Everybody wants to feel good. I get it. But when you actually sit down and try to crack that open and be like, what do you actually want out of this life? You got a start date and you got an end date. I mean, and I had to do this. In between. I completely had to do this with myself because you were like, I really want to have another kid. And as much as I was like, yes, I do too. I was like, I don't want to do it right now. I was like, no. And I was like, now. I'm like, no. I'm like, no, no, no. I said no, no, no for two years. I'm like, no. And It hasn't been two years. Well, since you started asking, you were asking me when I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> but you did say afterwards, immediately afterwards, that you wanted to have another I one. I know, but I just, it, it was such a sacrifice. It's such a sacrifice on your body. And if you're somebody I who, mean, it was a year and a half, really, to, well, a year to get you back. Year and a half to get hard. me back, but then nine months of the time when you're huge and yeah. pregnant. So it is a huge sacrifice. And also just because I love jujitsu. And I love training jujitsu and I love being there four nights a week with my friends and I enjoy the shit out of it. And when I don't get to, I feel angry. <laughs> you were really kind of feisty towards the end of the, end of the, end of the trip. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? And you're on birth control, obviously, for, yeah, which is not normal. We don't take birth control as a normal thing. That's just something they're doing for me for a few weeks for IVF process. Yeah. So... And I, was, and I thought I was just choking. I was like chalking it up to, to you know, out of whack hormones. I'm like, you're being a little extra, babe. And then we got back and we went. And to do jujitsu for two hours. For two Sunday. hours. We did our Sunday open mat, which is an hour of gi, an hour of no gi. And you got, you came back and you were like. I was like, oh my God, I, I realized what was wrong. <laughs> I needed to fight some people. We were on that motorcycle trip. I didn't do jujitsu for like 10 days. And I was so like hostile. You were. And it literally was like, I have gotten so... You were just so, hostile at the end. I I, I've just gotten so accustomed to just like beating the shit out of my friends. Like we just like 
are that's rolling. What, that's what Mark was saying the other day. He's like, he, he likes jujitsu and Muay Thai because, like, he gets the what'd you say, the hate out or something? Get the get the yeah, anger. Get the anger out. Get the, get, I mean, you, <laughs> the anger you demons do, <laughs> right? I mean, you do. No, it's a hundred percent. We were talking about that. Like, you go in, not to put this back on jujitsu, but. You know, you're worried about your bills and your life and blah, 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 all this other stuff and, you know, nagging people at your life. And then you go get, you know, pounded for an hour on the mats and you walk away and you're like, ah, I'm not really worried about it. So much better. <laughs> I feel so much better. Yeah. I mean, I walked out of there and I hurt my back on Sunday night, like bad. Like I, within a few hours was like, I'm not sure I can sit well, straight. Well, if he's listening, it was actually Papa Mark. Oh, stop. He didn't do it on purpose. It was yeah. more me trying to get out and acting like a crazy ass. <laughs> he had me just like in half guard and he like locked up my hands and I was like I started getting ape shit and just trying to like full ham get spazzing, out yeah spazzing white and then I hurt my own self my own back so it wasn't it wasn't popping no he ball. just was holding still <laughs> and holding me in a position and I was like Wah! um that's what Papa Marv does yeah yeah anyways point being we're we're willing to endure so much to get the things we really, really want, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the people that... The people that really, really want them. Are driven. So I've, I'm going to challenge people with this. Like, if you're stuck in a position and you say there's certain things you want and you haven't moved in two years, mm-hmm. I'm putting that cap on it. If you haven't made a move... Two years? And it moved towards your goal... In two years, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. I don't think you really want it. I would say six months, maybe three months. Um, Some people are working on like, okay, I got to get to this place. Somebody has to move. I need to get money accrued from this house project or, you know, whatever. They they could be working towards like. I guess that's true. There's people that are slower than me. I'm like, if I get something, I'm like, I really want this. I stop. I'm like, we're everybody. This is what we're doing now. I mean, because I'll say this, I've been into fitness and bodybuilding and weight training since I was 16 years old. I started training um, consistently with a coach, mm-hmm. lifted weights, did CrossFit through the CrossFit phase, all that stuff. And I've been doing it since I was 16. I'm 37. So we're talking 30 so years. So young, babe. Is that right? That's such a young little wife. No, 20 years. 21 years I've been training with weights, right? So you're just really bad at math. Yeah, I'm super bad at math. For 21 years, I've been doing that kind of thing. And I'm like, why haven't I ever looked the way I want to look? Mm. I've been working towards this goal for 21 years, and I know I still have never looked the way I want to look. Do you really want it? Right. Did I even really want it? So then it came down to how many times did I say, okay, well, like I had a rough week and I'm just exhausted mentally and I like, don't give a fuck. Like I deserve to have a night out and feel good and go drink 20,000 calories or whatever. I can tell you that if you you drink 20,000 calories, I don't know how much it would take to drink 20,000 calories, but my point is, could you do it though? I'm pretty sure that Drinks have around two fifty a piece, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. So that would be a lot of drinks. But but did the old Miss Capra be able to handle that? I mean, I definitely could kill a bottle myself. <sighs> Back in the day, I had a problem. <laughs> you were a handful. Yeah. Anyway, so point being, I didn't really want it. I wasn't making decisions to look the way that I wanted to look 
every single day. I was making the decisions sometimes when I felt like it. When I you know did what I call that? What? That's not even what I call it. I stole it from somebody. Fuck around, Itis. Fuck around and find out us, Itis. No. Oh. No. <laughs> Just. Not. Why are you always trying to fight people? <laughs> You're so aggressive. <laughs> if you guys don't know. If you ever see me with black eyes, it's not from jujitsu. Um, or maybe it is. Maybe we are doing jujitsu. <laughs> um, but no, fuck around itis. It's like that. It's like I I uh I love Dr. Nadolsky's memes, but he's he has a bunch of those memes where he's like, I had a I did so great this week, so I deserve the weekend to like a pound a package of Oreos. And pizza and beer and whatever else. You know, you're on the bike, everything's going good, and you just re- reach forward and put a broomstick through your front tire. <laughs> like, oh, it's, the weekend's here. Right. <laughs> and, like, a diet's the easiest way to, like, right, point it out. Say, okay, well, obviously the you ana- haven't. The analogy of fitness is very simple. Right. But, I mean, in, in every aspect of life, if you aren't, if you haven't attained the things you want to attain, I think it's important to look at what's holding you back and a lot of times it has to do with us as Americans just wanting our little creature comforts and our little things to make us feel good. Yeah. And we spend money where we don't need to and we buy things we don't need in order to fulfill. I'm starting to sound like Tyler Dur- Durden. I mean, we do. We, yeah. we have excess everything to fill something that we're needing inside of us instead of going after what we really want. It's a... It's like instead of treating the disease, we're just like putting like band-aids on symptoms, right? And it's like if you really want something, if this is where you want to go, then you have to like completely deal with the disease. <laughs> Get- Can I take it one step further? Yeah. So one of the, the, the reasons, the, the whole concept of what we were talking about this morning post-training was doing hard things and that growth. I just did a podcast with, uh, what was the name of it? The cycling guy in uh, Dublin. Um, cycling podcast, something in, in Dublin. Anyways, um, but we were talking about doing hard things and growth is on the fringe. If you look at any type of growth at all whatsoever, physical, mental, spiritually, whatever, it, you have to get uncomfortable. If you stay in your little circle or your little comfort zone, you're, you're going to be there forever. All growth happens on the fringe. So like if you look at, um, you know, just your body growing through, like for me, I, I think I grew like 12 inches over a summer. You know, you've seen my scars. Mm-hmm. I literally remember laying there and like aching. My hips would ache because they were growing so fast over this period of summer when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And um, that pain, that uncomfort, that uncomfortability is what's causing me to grow. So what happens, in, in, again, back to the fitness thing. You go to the gym. You, I, you know, somebody walk, walks in and is like, hey, I want to get bigger muscles. Okay, well, I'm going to put you in the gym. I'm going I'm to put you under hypertrophy, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to rip your muscles to shreds, and then I'm going to refeed you and give you the nutrients to grow. But, but what we're doing is we're actually causing pain and discomfort um, and, and damaging you so that you can grow. Well, that's in anything, whether it be public speaking, starting a business. I mean, I don't know, whatever it is, whatever you come up with, you know what I mean, jumping out of a plane. Anytime that you want to grow or you want to to move the needle or do more, you're going to have to get uncomfortable because all of growth happens on the fringe, happens on the edges. And you have to push those. And every time you do a little bit more, you push and you get a little bit further. And then that becomes your level. And then you kind of you just have to keep going that way. 
and it gets easier, but then you make it harder for yourself because you're constantly trying to grow. And I think you can, you can even see it, especially with people who've done a lot in their life. Mm -hmm. There's constant change and evolving of the, yeah. the things and the definitions of what they were seeing as success and what it took to get there. Yeah. Right. I think that's the biggest thing is that whenever you figure out what it is that you want to do, you need to start assessing that goal. And you taught me this. Take that goal, break it down into phase lines of exactly what it would take for you mm -hmm. to do 20 steps of, of matter, work yeah. towards that goal a day. Yeah. So, for instance, like if you're saying it's to lose this much weight. Well, it's like how do you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But people look at the big picture and they just go, oh, that's way overwhelming. I can't do that. But instead of looking at it, like I like the whole thing. Like the, the, the weight thing is easy. So a lot of times what we talk about with our the Agogi clients is, is okay, you're going to lose 30 pounds in 90 days. I mean, I've done this. You've seen, you've watched me do this. Um, okay, that sounds like a lot. Right. And, and for the, you know, for the majority of America, the world, that's, a, that's a huge amount of weight. Right. Um, so, okay, let's break it down. 30 pounds in 90 days, 10 pounds a month. All right. And you break that down to a week, 2.5 pounds a week. And that breaks down to a day, I don't know, 0.33 or something like that. It's not that much. Mm -hmm. Like I can build a routine in my day to, to hit weight loss of, point something a pound yeah you know what i mean which i'm i think Just it is bring it up yeah yeah point three point three five point three five a pound like you can't build it out of routine to where like you lose point three five a pound a day i mean that's a that's a really small deficit really like you're talking about like to means lose each that much. day you have to eat these specific amount of calories, protein, fats, carbs, and do this amount of activity. It's not even that much, really. It's not even that much. People don't so, realize how slow. Well, they it think can thirty. Go. They think thirty pounds is like oh, it's crazy. But like, let's just break. Yeah, you know, break it down into smaller bites. If you want to start a business, break it down into smaller bites. Like build your right, phase you want, lines. I have a lot of people ask us that. Well, what about writing a book? Same thing. I said same thing. Like I had to actually sit down and make a goal of the date that I wanted to be done and then back plan. I had to go, okay, I really want my book to be finished by these this date. You executed that plan per uh exactly. Yeah. I did not. But even <laughs> so, like, you know, things come up, but it depends on like how bad do you want it. I went through and broke down as much as I possibly could into okay, this week I'm gonna work on my book this much. This week I'm gonna work on my book this much. Whatever it may be. But more than anything, I think the thing that it it's so important to understand is like that whole idea that it's going to feel good along the way always. Mm -hmm. No, the point is that you enjoy the journey regardless because like you've always said, like with the military and everything else, like looking back, it was such great memories doing it, actually executing it while you were in. It was fucking miserable sometimes. Uh, yes, but there's, there's, there's pleasure in that misery. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Like yeah. you have to learn how to enjoy. Yeah. Every if you don't, part if you don't journey. enjoy every, I remember coming down It's funny. So it's like, just has nothing to do with the military. But when I was, when we summoned Mount Rainier, the skies were like, the skies cleared out. We went up at like, I don't remember. You have to, you'd have to watch the video, but it was early in the morning. Right. 
I think we summited like seven something in the morning. So the sun was just coming up. Um, it was coming up right as we got to, I think we were like two, 300 feet from the, from the peak. And, um, so I watched the sunrise on a break. Uh, actually I have a rad photo from that. I don't know if you remember that photo of us sitting on the glacier. Um, but then when we came down, like I was wrecked and I had, I guess I had these shitty boots. I don't really remember, but my toenails, if you remember, I lost both toenails. They were like full of blood. I thought my boots were full of blood. They felt like it was full of blood, but it was so beautiful. And I was in so much pain. I, I remember telling myself, utilize this pain to like sear this memory in because I want to remember what this looks like. And it did. I, I clear as day remember coming down and looking through like the view and everything I could say, see, but man, I was in so much physical pain, but I just, I just said, I'm enjoy, like, like, remember this, like yeah. sear this into your memory so that you can remember this view and you can remember what you just accomplished. It has meaning. Yeah. And I was, and I still, I still remember that view and it's like seared in, even though my feet were going to explode. And then I got down and, and then came down and lost all your toenails. And, and I, I drilled holes in my, <laughs> I drilled holes in my, <laughs> and drained my toes. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. You and your feet. Oh my feet, yeah, man! I put <laughs> my feet through through hell. Um, and that being said, like that's kind of like my point. There's a chapter of my book, and it's literally called discontent. It's it's challenging Americans as a whole to stop taking their emotional temperature all the time, to stop waking up and asking themselves how they feel before they start the day. Well, like, it goes into go ahead. just because, like. Honestly, how you feel, it, it's irrelevant if you have a goal, right? It's so hard to, it's, it's so, if, if you tell people that, like how you feel is irrelevant, they're like so offended. And that's a feeling. <laughs> so I'm sorry. You're offended, you, you being offended is irrelevant also, <laughs> but it is true. And I, I look at back as, I look at back at it as a motivation, um, you know, like the motivation is the same thing. It's a feeling. It's like a drug. It's not going to get you any results. It's not going to get you shit in life. You know, think of, how, think of how much harder of an individual you're going to be if you push past pain. And yeah, and that's and that, that's what I was talking about this morning as well. It was like, like you live, like growth happens on the fringe. If you and I want a better relationship, we have to have hard, uncomfortable conversations. A lot, all the time. <laughs> Not that, not all. Time. Oh, you think I do too many? <laughs> Jesus. Um, but you do, and and you like you want your relationship better. It's not going to get better by just trying to feel good all the time. Like you're going to have to have some hard, uncomfortable conversations. You know, with my business partners, I have sometimes I have uncomfortable conversations. But we know that, and I even say, hey, I need to have one of those uncomfortable conversations with you. But we know to collectively that. Good. Okay. That means I'm growth. committed to this growing. Yeah. So and that, that means that whatever this situation is, we are get to, we're going to this, we're going to utilize this situation to grow past it. That's a big deal. Yeah. So it's, it happens with everything. So yeah, your feelings, you know, I it, just, I just look as, uh, at our whole, I, I don't know who's watched 1883, but 1883 
is oh the yellow yeah oh the my god the yeah. Yellowstone prequel yeah it is so freaking epic we were getting to the point where it was like I didn't know which one I wanted to watch if we had both of that episodes available I'm like shit I don't know if I want to watch Yellowstone or 1883 it's great great production but you're right it's like beyond awesome but it's just so cool because they did such a good job taylor sheridan did such a good job like with the research of the era yeah. and understanding like the number one cause of death at the time besides like um diseases i think they said that like um one of the diseases was like number five people thought it was the, the number one like thing smallpox yeah smallpox or whatever people thought that was like the number one thing people were dying of it wasn't it was falling off of fucking wagons and getting like, ran, and getting ran getting over. stomp tramp stampled on by and a horse snakes yeah yeah so the, those kinds of things like the way that the pioneers moved across the Oregon Trail and immigrants came over with absolutely fucking like no idea what they were going to do couldn't speak the language had nothing like fucking but kahunas the size of like fucking ostrich eggs like we're talking these people were hard the women were hard they lived in a fucking back of a trailer hitch and you're open up, and you're upset because your cascara cold brews out of stock at starbucks right give me like, a fucking give break, me a fucking break yeah. dude like they were like yeah. have a one bath like a year and somebody had to bring hot water from down below to like up bring it up to like boil it and put it in your tub like and then people shared the same bath water like you would take a bath and then your kids would take a bath and then dad got the last bath with all the no you. it was the other way around oh the other way around dad got the first bath everybody else came yeah. after yeah just absolutely the hardest motherfuckers on I love Sam Elliott's character in there and like he's such a hard ass but he's such a sweet like loving person inside but they just they were some of the most hard you had to be to survive to build what we've built yeah as a whole a free a free country yeah and that's what they just kept saying freedom here it is you got it you asked hard for times, it hard times it's hard as fuck it's, hard, everybody's going to take it from you hard men create good times good times create weak men weak men create hard times it's a circle oh my god we're in that like we're in that fat weak weak, weak men weak time men, weak men creating hard times yeah okay elaborate on that because that's i want you first can you say that again what that whole thing yeah hard men create good times hard men create good times good times create weak men good times create weak men weak men create hard times and weak men create hard times. Yeah. And then hopefully there's still some hard men around to fix it. Eventually. Well, what happens is then it becomes hard times, which creates hard men. Um, we were just down in, I was down in uh, working with Sid down in, um, in uh, with Core Med. And we were talking to some of his mentors and one of the guys. Um, so a little backstory on this guy. He, in, in a matter of 90 days, lost $350 million. And I don't mean lost, like as in like, I don't know where it went. Like his business went under. Yeah. Like his assets. He lost $350 million uh, in liquid and assets in 90 days. Like lost everything. Uh, and then and then rebuilt it back to a billion dollar business from scratch, basically. Wow. And and it was funny, Johnny was sitting there and he was like, oh, he was like, <laughs> like, I don't know if I can sit at this table. I don't know if I have the I don't have the liquidity to sit at this table. <laughs> we were laughing about it. And he uh he goes, ain't nothing but a thing, man. He said, uh, hard times fade, hard men don't. Yep. Period. So it's like, you know, if you look at your life, everybody's going to go through hard times. At some point in our life, at some point, you're going to have a hard thing that you have to go through. Something's going to happen. 
the people that make times. it on the other side is hard hard men don't you know hard men don't fade don't quit like i've you know i've had hard times i'm still here i'm gonna have hard times again still be here yeah no big deal and that's one of those things about like we were talking about the israelis on a little bit ago the jews if oh you yeah will. the jews the jews and don't, everybody don't, don't have to beat them just have to outlast everybody just, just have to outlast them yeah so that's what I think probably like the biggest thing like I want to get across to young people today. What's, y- what's young people? Um, I won't even say young people necessarily. Maybe just people who are fucking soft. No. Oh. <laughs> are just are struggling. People who are struggling because I've been there. I've been emotionally struggling. Ah, so have I. It's people who get, are, out of, get out of your own head. Well, not just that. Okay. But let's think about the ultimate here. Okay, because like, yes, when you want when somebody's struggling and they're like depressed or full of anxiety or whatever, you can say get out of your own head, and it's like cool, thanks, bro. My thing, well, the thing is, is like, like I love what Carl talk, Carl Munger from Gallifrey says. He, he he's always he's like, I'm sad, I'm depressed, my life sucks. What are you doing about it? Nothing. Well, maybe that's the problem. Get off your fucking couch, go outside, go for a walk, go do some push-ups, go meet a friend. Go fucking find a friend. Go to well, a gym. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. So that's where, to me, I use those emotions as indicators because it's like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Now, because I'm so emotionally aware and really woke, if you will, like I understand myself in the sense I don't sense even like that, the way that sounds. I know. But I'm actually woke to the fact that like my emotions aren't going to be the thing that rule me. Yeah. So I'm saying, okay. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel st- stress and anxiety? Mm-hmm. What are the two things I'm doing? Like uh, you were saying, I was being super hostile after that trip. And like I was, I was being so hostile. And I really was starting to like get negative in my own head about a lot of things. And I'm like, why do I feel this way? And it was, it was a red flag for me to go. I need to figure this out because I don't want to treat people bad. And I'm coming across bitter. And I don't want to be a miserable cow. Because I'm not really sure why I'm feeling this way. I could make a list for you of the reasons why I felt certain feelings, like things that were irritating me or picking at me, but really ultimately like deep-seated, why did I feel that way? It wasn't until I went and worked out really hard and did jujitsu that I realized, ah, I really did have a lot of like pent-up aggression that I needed to deal with. You're an aggressive person too. And, And I... And that was like growing up something that I always struggled with. I needed a place to put that because I didn't have an outlet for it. I turned to partying. Mm -hmm. I just needed an escape from it because I was angry a lot. So I feel like those things feel like those things as emotional indicators of like, okay, well, what do you need to do different? When people tell me and when people tell you, man, I feel depressed. I'm not sleeping. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. Action items. Right. What are you doing? Well, nothing. Okay. Well, well first of all, is maybe you're not sleeping have anything to do, like, are there things that you're doing before bed? Maybe your testosterone's low. Maybe you're not using any, like, you're not getting any serotonin into your brain from workouts. Well, my like, thing is, like, okay, do you, first thing, I'm not sleeping. Do you have a sleep protocol? Well, no. Okay, well, there's step one issue. Right. You know? So I'm depressed. Why? Right. Why I, I don't have time to be depressed because I'm too driven on my goals. There, this is what he's getting at. Every single thing that comes across your brain's desk, <laughs> every single thought, 
Like, here's this guy. I just see like a guy in like a white <laughs> short sleeve button up shirt. Like Milton. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Milton. Like stamping papers. I did. I just do my best. Until you, until he turns into uh, the falling, you know, Michael Douglas from falling down. <laughs> like he just cracks. He's just doing all this paperwork right. And he's getting all these emotions that are coming across his desk and choosing whether or not to think that thought and keep it or say, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, so as those things are coming across, what are the action items and steps that you can take to deal with them? For instance, I'm feeling depressed. I have struggled a lot in my life with depression throughout my life, sometimes for reasons and sometimes for no reasons at all. It's been to the point of like, I can't take it anymore and I'm on drugs. And then it's been to the point where it's like, I'm like crying myself to sleep and I'm in like hysteric, like hysterical. I've had it, all those things, right? And then I've just had this like an overwhelming sense of like numbness to most everything and just been like shuffling through life. All of those times when I was dealing with any of those things, there were so many things I could have done to fix my feelings. Simply, like you said, getting my ass outside, mm -hmm. getting some fresh air, getting some vitamin D. Execution. Can... Yeah literally make you from feeling like you're gonna like feeling like you're gonna die mm -hmm. to feeling like there's light at the end of the tunnel again starting to say okay i need to move forward with my life what are my goals what is it that i want to do simply that starting to process what it is you want out of life don't even no 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 no, no, no. that's too metaphysical garbage mm. process mm -hmm. no get a fucking whiteboard and start writing shit down like that, like execute, find, start writing shit that, what do I want to do? And it might not be what you want to do, but start, like get it out of your head. What am I good a, at? Yeah. On your, on paper, you know, don't process like I'm going to sit here and journal and or, actually that's okay. Write shit down, but like, don't sit here and ponder on garbage. Actually say, okay, what is it that I want out of life? Go put it on a fucking whiteboard and then start executing and then utilize that to create a plan. Like that's action. But just like, I'm going to sit here and process how I feel. <laughs> no, oh, I wasn't meaning process that. your emotions. I'm meaning process what you want to do. Like what is your, what are your goals? Yeah. But process means you, you have to write shit down. Like you that have is to the process. You the process is like get a white, get a blackboard, a whiteboard, a, a notepad and start freaking putting thoughts to paper. And, and making moves. And making moves. That's all I'm saying. We're talking about like as a whole, as our culture is turning into this softer and softer society. It's all about, it's all being introspective and in how I feel. It, to the point of like, there's a whole generation of young people who are like, I don't think I want kids. Well, that's okay. But you can't tell me that that is not being like, like a lot of propaganda that this country is banking on. Oh, of course. They want us to slow slow down the population. Well, they've said that. It's it's now they've come out public and said it. So, one of the most meaningful things that you can do in life is create a family. One of the most meaningful things you can do in life is serve others. Mm -hmm. One of the most meaningful things you can do in life is make a valuable partnership with someone and. And build relationships with others. It's still it's also serving others, right? Even if it's your partner. So, I think 
if, if everybody takes nothing away from this podcast, but that your life is more valuable than just how you feel or your happiness and the things that you can create in this life are bigger than like a garden. Like yeah. <laughs> you can do so much more. But you have to be willing to put your feelings on hold or process them and start making some moves. Execution. It's all in the execution. Right? Yeah. Thanks, babe. How do you how do you make yourself a harder person, a hard man? Doing hard things. Going through what it's you're good, going uh, through. That's a good man. I wouldn't say a hard man, I'd say a good man. Good man can do hard things. Going through what you're going through is probably sucking. Whatever it is you're going through might suck drastically, dramatically, but it's only going to make you stronger if you let it. Or and you can let it cripple you and get stuck forever and, and listen to your inner bitch. Never listen to your inner bitch. That's all. That's it. That's what yeah. you got. Um, well, for those of you that listen to this, um, I'm excited to announce, and this was by no means the topic that <laughs> that I would have, like, I don't know. Will we together? Why not? I, I think it's perfect. It is perfect, but I, it sounds almost like it was it was planned. It was or all a lead-in for this lead plug in. you're about yeah. to give us right now. Um, but it wasn't, actually. It was just it kind of worked out that way. That's how life works out for us sometimes. All good things work out for me. Anyways, um, which you should say to yourself as well. I learned that from this lady right here. Um, cause I'm very, I'm a very mentally hard person. And, uh, sometimes I don't think that I'm like, no, I must struggle. <laughs> Everything must struggle. That's not, that's not true. Um, anyways, but yeah, we've launched our always forward mentorship group and, uh, something I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. Um, and to create a platform and I've done it for, you know, I've done consultations, I've done stuff, but I've never in a, in a, in a mentorship coaching platform and a group thing. So we're launching the one-on-one -on -one side and which we've been doing privately, um, with a handful of individuals. And then I've, and now I'm launching my mentorship group, which is the links below in the show notes, um, wherever you're listening to this or watching this, it will be down below. It's on my website. So you can find it there at nickcomalazos.com, but the links are below. And uh, we'll be doing um, weekly calls and action items and basically everything that I've done, you know, all everything I've learned in special operations in my prior career and everything that I learned in business in the last two years, I'm, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. So if you want to, if you want to move the needle in your life with your own, yourself, your fitness, your health, your relationships, your parenting, your business, Family, feelings, <laughs> we're going to address, we're definitely going to address the feelings thing. Um, but I've done this with my, you know, my, we, I put a portion of this in my, in the agogi that all of our clients that are doing the fitness port portion side, they get a portion of that because it's built into the, four, the agogi four pillars. Um, but for those that don't need that, right. A more affordable grouping group coaching, um, where you're hitting, we're hitting all those pillars, we're hitting those things and you're getting direct um, information from me and we're creating that community of like-minded individuals that all want to move the needle in life. And I'm, you know, for anything from business to personal, um, we're sharing it all. So, uh, check that out. I'm looking forward to, uh, opening that thing up 
and uh, go from there. I can tell you from experience because he's done all these things with me. In our relationship, you know, we've all, we've had goals together and separate, lots of goals together and lots of goals separate. We went through a period of time where that was like really our entire focus. We put every ounce of energy into lists of goals that we made together. And I can honestly say the only reason that my book is written, the only reason that I've achieved fitness goals that I've wanted, the only reason that I've had a kid and come back the way that I did um, is because of this guy right here and his oh, ability. Shocks. Well, <laughs> it's it's not just that. It's because you, you're constantly motivating, educating, inspiring people to be the best version of themselves, but in a practical way. And I think the thing that people a lot of times struggle with is like, okay, the metaphysical, like in the Intros air. Introspective thing. You've yeah. got a much better approach. It's very hands-on. Um, your phase line approach to attacking goals. Like there literally is no way you cannot get better and achieve your goals with, with him as a coach. Like I can just promise you that. There's no way unless you just quit. Because here's what I can tell you. Yeah, like, you won't quit on me. You just you're quitting, quitting yourself. Quitting on yourself. Yeah. Um, I know that. Um, you know we have a kid in the gym. We talk about him a lot because we're just so impressed with him. He's 16 years old. Oh, Jack. Jack. Oh, Jack. If he listens to this, I don't think he does. But. I don't think so. But <laughs> we're so impressed by him. He's a 16 year old kid. He's probably six foot three. Yeah. He's long, lanky, skinny kid, and like I don't think. I've ever seen him miss a jujitsu class. He is at jujitsu every single day, rolling with grown ass men. Yeah, he's so big that he's he's he he doesn't really. I mean, he's not. He doesn't heavy. do the teens class as yeah. much. He he's too big. He's too big for the teens class. I mean, I I, I help the teens class. He's too big. He's crushing, getting crushed by adults every single day and he keeps showing up and he keeps showing up and it's uh, this like, kid gets his ass kicked every single day just just imagine who you were at 16 years old and imagine walking into a group of adults <laughs> and just like having to talk to them all and like and then letting grown let men them just smash the shit out of 20s you 20s to 50s just beat the shit and out take of you. your ego and just like shove it up your and butt show up and show up again <laughs> and do it again like there is no way regardless of how amazing that kid gets it you no, know, that, anything. Kid, that kid's going to be a killer in a he, few years. He, no matter what, will be successful at yep. whatever he does because Back. he's fucking showing up yep. and putting in the work. Yeah. And so that's how I feel about this whole program that Nick's putting together for the mentorship program and for the one-on-one -on -one coaching. You absolutely will meet your goals no matter fucking what. If you show up and you sign up, you will hit and attain whatever it is. And I, I am like... 100% money back guaranteeing it. <laughs> I'd say it's a hell of a plug. What do you say, Mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty good plug. Thanks, babe. I mean it. Was well, there any other business that we need to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Not right now. Johnny Slicks water-based pomade is out. Beast bars are out. What else is coming? Um, Down the pipeline, you've got some. Johnny Slicks is on Amazon. If you need Amazon Prime, if you need some of that. Date Formula night, 49. If, if they, yeah, Formula 49 is on Amazon now. So if you've if you got a last-minute date night, you're on Amazon Prime. And you run out, God forbid. It. Yeah. We got, we got Johnny Six on subscription now. Get it. You get um, anything, you can subscribe and save. My men. That's right. On uh, Yeah. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Yeah. So we just finally, it's making me, it's taken me like four years. Um, we finally got the subscription model back up. And it was more of a technical issue on the back end for me to get it the way I wanted it. 
Um, but now you can subscribe to all of our mainstream products. Um, and you save 10%. They just show up to your door every month. So you don't have to run out. And uh, men, 30 and above, get your blood tested. At a minimum, get your blood tested. Um, links are below with Core Med. I want to talk about feelings. Yeah, if you're get if you're, that shit in your feelings, real yeah, good. get your get your blood tested if you really are kind of feeling weird, um, which most guys are. I mean, at the at, at the end of the day, th- you know, once you hit thirty, regardless of what you've done in your life, your your testosterone is dropping, um, which is a natural thing of aging. But fuck that, I'm going, I'm going, I'm running hot all the way to the end, man. <laughs> I'm gonna Vertical. be, I'm gonna be like, uh, um, old Sylvester Stallone, seventy five, and just jack tan rip as much as i can be and uh and crushing life anyways all right love you guys uh everything's in the show notes thank thank this lady go follow this lady on instagram um she's a badass thanks babe uh for this and uh all right guys that's it screenshot this tag us we'll share it if this provided value that's how we're going to get this message out there it's how we're going to change people's lives and that's what it's all about and other than that we'll see you guys in the next episode